It is Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at Shady Rays. The best sunglasses around. They look amazing. And when you inevitably break them or lose them, they will replace them. One of the many reasons I love them. And I'm hanging out with the guy I love, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Plouffe, what's going on? You know, when you sent over the questions for today's show, you put in there, I don't know if we're able to get through all this stuff. And, yeah. you know, as I was prepping for the show, I have a lot of emotions today. Yes. Like, they're kind of all over the place. Some things I'm fired up about. Some things I'm like, what? I have these contradictory quotes that we're going to read today. I don't. It's a weird day for baseball. All right, so let's get right to it. The reason I am wearing a Halos hat is because for the second time in less than a week, a team has made a managerial change. Joe Girardi fired last week by the Phillies. Joe Madden fired on Tuesday by the Angels. They have now lost 13 straight games after they failed in extra innings under their interim skipper, Phil Nevin, last night. How shocked are you that Joe Madden did not make it through his full contract in Anaheim? With the state of today's game, I, I mean, I get, I'm shocked. I was shocked when it happened yesterday, for sure. Uh, just because there was some quotes, you know, around, you know, five, six days ago. The Angels are just crazy to me. Not even Joe Mad. I'm shocked that the Angels are where they're at just two weeks uh, after we were lauding them as being like, this is the real deal team. This is the team we were waiting for. But the news uh, of Madden, I was shocked. But then when you start to uh, dive deeper, like we got a new GM there. This isn't his manager. You know, he says he loves Joe Madden and everything was a-okay, but clearly there was some, something wrong there, whether it was in the relationship or with the information. And I think that's kind of more of what it was. If you listen to Madden's quotes, he starts talking about, you know, analytics and have we gone too far. And it's interesting to me because Madden's kind of like a manager who, took the game over from the players, you know, like he was trying to impart what he wanted on the field with shifts and all these different bunt plays and stuff. Like he was a guy that really wanted to make his mark on the game. So it's like interesting for me to say, for him to say like analytics have come too far for baseball guys. Uh, but in the end, I, it's just kind of in vogue now. Like managers are kind of the new hitting coach. If things aren't going right, see you later. It's never the front office's fault, which I think is kind of funny uh, to me. Uh, but if you're a manager in the big leagues right now and you're underperforming, look out, dude. Look There's out. a lot of pressure on this team. They're, they've got two of the top five players in the sport, and they are destined to not make it again to the playoffs. Like, that's what it feels like. I know we're two months into this thing, and things could shift, and we could all be laughing at it when the Angels have a 700 winning percentage over the final four months of the year, which is possible, but they feel time slipping away. And they feel like, Ken, you know, that Mike Trout is, is, is going to become Ken Griffey Jr., where eventually in his 30s, he's just going to become an injury machine. And we saw it last night when he had to leave in the middle of a game where he was swinging the bat great with a homer and a double because he tweaked his groin. And there's just so much pressure on everybody in this organization. They look at the, at the roster and they're like, well, we can't make wholesale changes there. And the GM is in his second year. Well, we're not going to do that. So what's the one area where we can? We can get rid of the guy who doesn't have a contract after this season and see if the shakeup works. Well, what we've learned is with all of the managerial moves that have been made midseason in recent years, it doesn't mean you're going to get to the playoffs. The last time it happened was 2009 with the Colorado Rockies when Jim Tracy took over for Clint Hurdle, and they went on this ridiculous run over the last 100 games. 
I don't know if this franchise has it in them. I think the players are beaten down. I know the fans are beaten down. And I am beaten down because I want to see the best players play in October. And I don't know how to fix it. They tried to fix it. And, you know, if there's one area you can give uh, Perry Manassian credit credit is that he's trying to fix things. You know, he went out and got all those pitchers when people were saying he didn't have enough pitching. I don't know if he got the right pitchers. Not really sure about that. Um, He's trying to fix whatever this little, you know, uh, losing streak is by firing Madden. So he's trying to do things. And, you know, this is a guy like I, I have respect for Perry because he like literally worked his way up from the bottom. He was a Mm -hmm. bat boy, like has done every single thing you can do uh, with an organization. So it's his team. And I kind of feel like that's how front offices feel like this is my team. This is, I didn't hire this manager. Maybe we look somewhere else. I I don't know. This is the quote that kind of confuses me though, Chris, six days ago, Manazian said, I don't look at things in six game blocks. He looked at him in two six-game blocks as two in a six 12 game, game losing like, streak. That's what he so, said. You know, I don't I don't know, man. Like it's I, I don't know if I like love this move. I'm happy for Phil Nevin. You know, like he's he's a lifer, like the guy is like a real baseball dude. I love that. So he's getting an opportunity similar to the Rob Thompson situation. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is gonna change anything. It's again, like I said, this when they fired Girardi. Like the players got to go do it. And if you look at all the quotes from the players, they're all like Shohei said, it falls on us partly. Um, Archie Bradley said it's if I would have pitched differently, pitched a little bit better, maybe Joe's still here. Like players got to go play. That's the bottom line. It's simple. In baseball, like in the NFL, like yeah, you you can be the wrong guy as a head coach, and you can find it out very quickly. Like guys don't buy into the program the scheme that you run on offense or defense isn't right. We're not running plays in baseball. Like it's either see ball, hit ball, pitch ball, catch ball. And if you're not doing it well enough, then guess what? It's the dude who isn't even putting together the lineup these days. He is the fall guy. Now I will say this. I've covered the sport for 30 years professionally. Joe Madden is not for everybody. He is not. I love him. I find him fascinating ever since the first time I sat him down for an interview in like 2000, I want to say like 2009 or something. I did it in spring training. I said, if you weren't in baseball, what do you think you would do? He'd be like, oh, I would be at a concierge uh, at a European hotel. I was like, what? What? Woo! What? And I was like, this is, you know, <laughs> this is the most interesting man on the planet. And I always found him fascinating. And he did these amazing things at a two-time manager of the year in Tampa. And he helped Chicago break the curse, maybe in spite of his performance, a lot of fans and players will tell me. And then out in Anaheim, he's really going to change things. And it just never happened. And it never happened. Can I read you one more quote by Perry? Please do. And then I got to get to a quote by Joe. We haven't played the brand of baseball we played early. I'm not putting that on Joe. That's not his fault. But this time, I felt like a different mix, a different voice would be good for the group. Why does everyone have to say that? A different voice is going to do it? Like you said, like there was a time where managers made a ton of decisions. They wrote the lineups. They, they made the bullpen decisions. Like all sorts of stuff fell on the manager. It's not the case anymore. No. But it seems more and more frequently they're the scapegoat. One other thing. Can we stop with the bullshit statement when a guy gets fired? <laughs> uh, Joe Madden has been relieved of his duties. What is, I don't even know what that means. Just say, hey, yo, guys, 
we're fucking, we suck right now. We've lost 12 in a row. We don't know exactly what we're doing here. So Joe's got to go. He's got to hit it. Yes, he's the fall guy. It's everybody else's fault in the organization. Joe played a role in that, but he's the only one we can change because we can't change the roster. And I just got here a year ago. Like if you come out with that statement, then I would have been like, hey, okay, we're all owning up. Let's release a statement from baseball today on behalf of the Angels. Yes. I think they like that actually. We we could be hired. We could be the we could be the uh, firing consulting firm because yeah. enough of this. Joe Girardi has been relieved of his duties. Like we're like we're announcing it to a kindergarten class, and we don't want to scare them. <laughs> what if a, like a bad manager just came in one day instead of talking in like in his normal voice, he just started talking like this? Yes. Hi guys. That's hey, all it takes a, is a new voice. You know that's what that's what uh, they should do now. Phil Nevin should create a job chart, like. Okay, Noah Syndergaard, today you get to play pitcher. Yay. Bill Nevin's a badass, all right? I'm happy yeah. for the guy, dude. Like, uh, I, I we, feel bad for him and, like, Rob Thompson, who finally get their due, and it's, like, in, like, this somber type of way. Yeah, I, I don't, though. That's how you either make it or you don't make it. Sometimes guys do get an interim job, and sometimes, by the way, it happens in other sports, and guys roll with it. Jason Garrett was an interim head coach. He ran with it for a decade in Dallas, you know? Yeah. It happens. So, um, but, so by the way, Joe Madden did talk to Ken Rosenthal of the athletic uh, among other things said he wants to manage again, but he made this point about the industry when speaking to Perry Manassian, he said, quote, I actually talked to Perry about this. This isn't anything new. I told him that I said, you just try to reduce the information you're giving, try to be aware of who's giving the information and really be aware of when it's time to stay out of the way. In general, the industry has gone too far in that direction. That's part of the reason people aren't into our game as much as they have been. Do you agree? I go back and forth of this because um, I'm not an old head. Like I embrace change. I think that, that there's change. Like people don't understand there's change, you know, every generation of baseball players mm-hmm. just is like you can't even, you can't stop it even if you wanted to. And trust me, a lot of people try to stop it. Um, I agree with them on a few points, uh, how you're give, how you're fed the information as a player is big. If there is some guy that you've never even seen before coming down, spitting some numbers at you and basically telling you, you need to do this, do this, do that. That doesn't really work for you. I mean, you as a baseball player, you've worked your entire life to get here in this tiny, small little window. You've had a zillion different coaches. Most of the time though, all the decisions fall on you. It's your career. You have to make the decisions. So when you, you need to trust people to, you know, want to make adjustments, that's the bottom line. So there has to be some sort of relationship between the data and the player. And some organizations have done that. The Phillies had Sam fold in that role. It's like a liaison between the front office and the player. And I think every organization, if they aren't doing that now needs to do that because, you know, there is a disconnect there and there until the, for the foreseeable future, there's going to be a disconnect because, you know, there are some things that you were taught my, you know, this generation, uh, my generation, this generation, the generation after us has been taught that they don't teach anymore. So there has to be some sort of liaison between the two. Um, I think there are some aspects that, yeah, like aren't good for the game. I, I don't believe in, in the shift as much as we've been doing it. I, I want to have some sort of enforcement on uh, limiting the shifts in the game. I think that is better for the, for the overall game of baseball. So there are some things that analytics have brought that I don't love. Uh, but I'm not one of those guys that wants to shun it completely. I just think they're, 
a happy medium is great. I think we can find that. And the the one way you can do that uh, is having that liaison like a Sam Fold was. Well, I think it's important, right? Because you can lose things in communication. There's got to be somebody who can explain it to players. The one thing that has been a constant in whatever sport I've covered, players want to be coached. Why? They want to get better. Why? They want to have more success so they can get more money, so they can get whatever status they want, so they can, you know, have a great legacy, all of that stuff. And if they think somebody can help them, they will listen, even if it's a little foreign to them. So there is a time and a place for everything that has come into the game over the last 10 to 12 years metrically. There is. I think what Joe Madden is hitting on is fucking leave the manager alone. Sometimes there's a gut involved. Sometimes there is. And I do think too many guys have been cut from the same cloth that are architects of teams and that are decision makers. And they're all thinking, if I just push one extra button, we are going to be superior. And I think the game has lost its feel a little bit. It has. It totally has. And is it the most watchable, you know, is it the most watchable game? No, it's not. It's not. And there's never been better athletes playing this game, particularly ages 25 and under. Never in my lifetime have there been better athletes playing the game. The way we're playing the game has taken a lot of the athleticism away from it. So I would agree with him there. I think there's areas where we can improve as a sport. And um, I'll be curious. I do hope that somebody nabs him. I think we'd be smart to get him on John Boy Media and talk to him. Okay. I'm in for that. You know, it's, it's interesting with, with, with analytics and what it's brought to the game in regarding, you know, how the game is played. There are a lot of things that have changed and, and baseball's tried to kind of push back a little bit. Like the three batter minimum rule, you know, was enacted basically because if the front office had their way, they'd pitch a, a different pitcher for every single batter totally. because the matchup is better. So like we are trying to, to keep the game a certain way that makes it more enjoyable. Like you said, there are some incredible athletes better than we've ever had on the field. And we are taking some of their athleticism away. Let's let, let's put some things in place to let the guys go out there and just shine. That's what people are there to see. And one last thing before we move on, I think players where the disconnect really comes in when you're talking about front offices and all the data and there's great relationships that happen within those two worlds as well. This isn't just like a cut and dry thing where like players hate the front office. It's not the case. Like there are front offices that do a really good job communicating. I think the accountability isn't there. Players it's have to never go up, there. It's players never have there. to go up in front of the microphone after every single game. The manager has to go in front of the microphone in front of after every single game. Front office, you never, you don't even know who's in the front office, dude. The GM maybe sometimes speaks. That's it. But then if, th- if that happens, if Eric Neander had to come down and justify the decision to take Blake Snell out of game six of the 2020 World Series. I would Series, have loved that. Right. But then Kevin Cash's balls would have been cut off in front of a worldwide audience. We're just presuming it happened. There we would have had definitive No, proof. no, no, no. We're Absolutely. not presuming anything happened there. We know exactly what happened there. They, but we it's don't. the front office you... decision. That's organizational decision. They knew that was coming down no matter what. We know that. But we, until you hear it, if Eric Neander had to sit, by the way, whom I don't know, but Tyler Glass now swears I love, by him. I love that is, guy. Says he great. is a great dude. And you were talking about the good relationships front offices have with players. 
Glass now says he is as accessible a front office person ever. So this is not a shit on Eric. Nier yeah, the, they're they're this a model is, with the communication. They are. Yes, they are. But we're just using that because that's the moment that sticks in our brain, right? As a baseball fan, is the why they take Blake Snell out. So if he comes out and he says it, he's like, "Yeah, this is how we run our organization." Then Kevin Cash shrinks down in his chair and he's like, "We're all like, so why do you have that guy over there?" So I'm just saying that's the road it would go down. We have to move on. I'm sorry, because if not, this will turn into an hour show. And as much as I'd like to, I don't think that's what our viewers want. Marlins took it to the Washington Nationals. Jazz Chisholm, multi-homer game, a lot of swag, first career grand slam. This all came hours after Don Mattingly said, I expect us to come out flat. And people are like, why? Because we just had a 90-minute team meeting. 90-minute team meeting on a game day. Here's what he talked about. More about the group coming together and trying to reach their their potential. But as much as anything, just um, any issues they had, uh, they needed to talk about. I wanted to get it out where it was spoken out loud, uh, not whispered behind anybody's back or... Let's get it out in the open, talk about it. This is not about wins and losses. This sounds like there's some fucked up relationships in the clubhouse. I've never heard of a 90-minute team meeting. I mean, I don't know what went on. You know, maybe you could talk to our, our guy, Miggy Rojas. And well, see I, for the record, on. I did not. I did not want to text him because I don't think that's fair to get in the I agree. Yeah, that. he's not going to want to divulge what's going on. You know, just from what we've heard the sound bites. It was a very interesting day for them because Craig Mish, who reports uh, for the Marlins uh, had a quote after the game or a tweet after the game, um, a bizarre 90 minute meeting that apparently had nothing to do with their performance, but issues within the clubhouse. Then the manager says it may not be resolved. So that's like, it's a lingering issue going on. It's, it's, it's curious. Cause if it's not about the play, then what was it about? I mean, the Marlins are an above average hitting team that you know what they can do uh, pitching the ball. They're still getting some guys back. Sisto Sanchez is starting to throw off the mound a little bit. They'll get him back. Trevor Rogers is going to This is not about better. baseball, Trev. I, I know, but like, this is so not about what baseball. was it? It, it? it had to be partly about that because you don't just have a meeting. Um, if you're going well, if, mm -hmm. the, if, the, if the Marlins were five games over 500, the, this meeting is probably not happening. But they're underperforming and something else is going on. So that's, that's when it comes to a head like that. You can be the biggest POS, but if you're performing well, no one cares. But as soon as you're not performing well, that's when these meetings happen. So they can say performance has nothing to do with it. It has something to do with it. We don't know what the issue is. Clearly, there were some you know, personalities that weren't meshing and they had to air out some things. But again, that all stems, it all comes to a head because of where they're at in the standings. I, I think this team's better than they're playing. It's bottom line. I would agree with you. Do you? Have you ever been a part of a meeting that's lasted that long in season? No, but managers do this from time to time. And he said he was the one that called it. Right. Garden Hire used to do this like two or three times a year where he just blow up on somebody. It didn't even have to like be a big deal, but he wanted that energy in the clubhouse. Like I, he did it to me once. Uh, he blew me and Dozier up in the clubhouse in front of everybody um, because we were questioning having to take a strike in the later innings. We're like, dude, what, what are we doing? We went to our hitting coach, Tom Brunanski, and we're like, we can't do this anymore. It's putting us in a hole. And Gardenhire caught wind of that. He thought we were undermining him, went off on this huge tangent. Then afterwards, he's like, hey, 
I just needed to fire the boys up. I know you guys could handle it. So like there are times where that, that kind of stuff happens. It sure but again, it doesn't sound it, like this is it though, because Kim Ang was in the meeting very rarely, unless I'm off base here. Does a GM join a mid-season no, meeting? That's <sighs> Terry Ryan used to do, it, but he was like a, he was like, he had very, very good relationships with everyone. He's a very good communicator. So that wouldn't seem so far off. Maybe Kim's the same way. I don't know. I think we don't know what happened. That's the bottom line. We're trying to talk about something. We have no idea, dude. Well, it could but- be a huge issue or it could be something like this dude stole, you know, uh, my donut or something. We don't know. Stole my donut. I don't know. You might get mad. Are, are we talking like that. batting donut or like old fashioned chocolate? Because but that, do you know what I mean? We have the no ladders idea. fighting words to me. Uh, yes, I do. Right. We're, we're tiptoeing around an area that we're just not familiar with what is causing the fire. Sandy Alcantara, who is their stud pitcher, did say, he said, listen, I'm not going to get into details, but I had one of these. He goes, not everybody has to get along. So when he said that part, to me, that just made it all about relationships, that there's guys who really do not like each other to the point where it's affecting their ability to come together on the field. It happens in a clubhouse. Think of think of like, you know, you're putting together 26 to 30 alpha-ish alpha. dudes yeah. in a clubhouse and you're around each other more than you're around your family. Think about how much you used to fight with your siblings or, or at least what, I mean, I guess some people don't do that, but it just happens. I've seen fights happen in the clubhouse. And like, sometimes that's a good thing. You have to let it, You these are your brothers. You're going to fight with your brothers every once in a while. Unless there's something that, again, so crazy that we don't know about and it's, it's bad, I think this could be a really good thing for the Marlins in the long run. You got you to gotta, you gotta air it out sometimes, man. Okay. Hey, guys, Father's Day is just around the corner. It is a week from Sunday. And if you're like, God, I have no idea what to get my old man, how about getting something from Manscaped? They have come out with the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, the performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to handle all the goodies out there. It is the gift package for all fathers out there. I'm a dad. I know I would appreciate it if I got that from my two sons. So don't forget, you've got the same trimmer for your body and face. No, we don't do that. Throw that thing out. Get your old man an upgrade. Let them use that lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. I have used it myself. It is silky smooth. All those tough to reach places. No problems. No more ah, ooh, ah, nipping and tugging and all that sort of stuff. We don't have to worry about that. And one of my favorite pieces of the entire package, courtesy of Manscaped, yeah, the boxer briefs. Michelle loves them too. They've got the little cool stripe that says Manscaped on them. Whenever I wear those things, Michelle's like, what up, bro? Let's go for it. And also, I want to save you some dough. So you get 20% off and free shipping with the code word baseball today at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code word baseball today. Make your papa smile. Get him something from Manscaped. All right, we got to get through the rest of these real quickly. Biggest deal among these things that happened last night. Acuna multi-homer game. Marcus Simeon is starting to smoke in a good way, blasted three homers in a doubleheader split in Cleveland. Austin Hayes hitting just the seventh second deck homer at Camden Yards or Josh Hader giving up homers, two homers, and taking the L against Philly, his first runs allowed after 40 consecutive scoreless appearances. 
Shout out Hayes for the bomb because you know I love bombs. But the hater thing was just crazy to me because of kind of who did it and like the whole situation surrounding the Phillies. Rob Thompson looks like a freaking magician. Yeah, hasn't lost yet. Hasn't lost yet. He calls a guy up from AAA day of. The guy flies in, comes off the bench, and what? I think he came off the bench that at bat, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Alec Baum hadn't had an extra like one Boom. extra base hit. Boom. Boom. One extra base hit in the last two weeks. Takes Hater up top. Mm-hmm. Vierling, who was in AAA in the morning, comes up, takes Hater up top. That's incredible, dude. And that's mm-hmm. something that Vierling's not going to forget for a long time. Yeah, it's good. It's good for them. You know, they seem to be rolling. They're feeling their mojo a little bit. Meantime, the Brewers have slid a little bit, had, you know, a couple of rough series in a row. Uh, those injuries are catching up to them. We'll see if they can hang on for dear life. Um, for me, it was a Cunha. Folks, I mean, there are very few difference makers in this sport. And I know that people will say, well, hold on. He missed the second half of last year and the Braves won the whole thing without him. How important can he be? He is the emotional spark. Plug. Who says that? Some people will make that argument and say, well, how important can you be if they won a world series without him? Right. I mean, it's fact. They Bryce did Harper win it. too then. Bryce Harper. Right. Exactly. Those are the same people who would make that argument. He is special. I love watching him hit homers, not only because they, they just seem majestic and everything starts with the pose and then the trot around the bases. And yesterday he did the ice tray, the shout out to Trey young of the Hawks. And Trey retweeted it and said, yeah, I knew it was coming and all that stuff. I am huge on when guys in the same city build bonds like that, particularly when they are the superstars. I think it's awesome. And it feels like the Braves are starting to take off. They're now over 500. I don't think they're going to catch the Mets, but they are going to be one nasty out in the wild card race. They are just freaking awesome. And he is a stud, dude. The NL East is just coming for all of the headlines. You know, yeah. the Phillies are just magical right now. Braves are starting to turn it on. The Mets are the Mets. And the Marlins are fighting each other. I can't wait to find out what happened with the Marlins. I know. We will find out. We just won't right now. Uh, last one on the YouTube and the podcast version. We'll continue to amp people. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Time to talk about uh, all-time kayak wipeout last night in San Francisco. Um, are you still in on this whole kayak thing out in the Bay McCovey Cove or are, yeah. you, are you like, oh, it's played out? No, no, no. I'm like super into that. In fact, I would love to do it. Like how, how fun is that? Dude, you're just out there. Like you can maybe bring a fishing pole too while you're doing it. Some guys well, grill out well, hold there. On. Does this look fun? Dude flips over in his kayak and the other guy like starts shoving him underwater to go get a freaking baseball. Which he yeah, ended up I think I'd have one of those ones that, what is that called? Like an outrigger that like holds you so you don't flip over. I think I would do that maybe. Can you bring a bigger boat? Oh, like, I don't know. I think it's, it might be just single kayaks. Just kayaks? Dude, it's amazing because the guy flips over and the other guy like dunks him underwater. <laughs> hey, promise me this. Promise me this. You and I will do that. Maybe even this year. Come on, I don't man. know. I don't know. Do fat guys float or sink out there? I think you float. Do we? Yeah, I'm scared of natural water. I'm great in a pool. Love swimming in a pool. Anything like major water, lake, ocean, cove. I don't do well. I get something. There's a a mental block with me. Interesting. Yeah, let's do that. Come on, man. I'm serious. What do you have coming up on John Boy Media? Great episode of Talking Baseball is out either now or later today. 
Um, we talk about slumps and like, you know, Mike Trout was in one, McCutcheon was in one. We're talking about how to get out of them. And then we transitioned into what can hitters do to get back to even with the pitchers using tech? Like what tech can a hitter use to try to, you know, bridge the gap a little bit? I like that. Uh, We found some interesting things. I talked to one of my former hitting coaches about it and we kind of came up with some stuff. So really interesting uh, conversation between the three of us. By the way, my ears perked up when you said Tom Bernanski was my hitting coach. Oh, me and Tom, that's, you boy. Oh. That's from my that's from my childhood. I'm a big Bernanski fan. I didn't talk to him about it. I talked to actually Jay Gibbons, who you probably remember as well. Orioles bomber. Um, yeah. we talked a bunch. He was in the kind Strong of the new school dude, hitting. Jay Gibbons. He still is. Hits the crap out of a golf ball. He's in that new school um hitting coach type person. So he was the per- perfect guy to ask about all this. Mm. Uh you? Tyler Stevenson of the Cincinnati Reds, who has been mashing ever since we chatted with him on Monday is uh, hopefully that hot streak continues for him and the Reds. Uh, he will join us tomorrow. Real sweet kid, man. Like too nice. He even admitted, I'm too nice. I'm too nice. I was like, yeah, you have to be a little more of a dick behind the plate a little bit, don't you? It's like, yeah. I mean, what's, what's the guy got to be mad about? He's 6'4", 225, I mean, first rounder stud. You should be happy all the time. Dude, everything is like perfect on him. His hair, is. he's got the Nelson Cruz eyebrows. His hands are monstrous. Yeah. I don't think he needs a catcher's mitt to catch. If this guy um, ever gets mad, he just needs to chill out, look in the mirror, you know. Yeah, he's good. Just yeah. got married in the offseason. Oh, bro, Tyler. Yeah, it's all coming your way. All right, a special shout-out to the one and only Robbie Scirocco for producing the ship today. That is T. Ploof. I'm Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays.